All right, you guys, we are back this week with the Restored Living Podcast and so excited for our guests this week. Brad and Lisa have become dear friends of ours and they have an amazing story of restoration that we just knew we had to share with you guys. So amazing, you guys. And we are not dressed like this in that episode. <laughs> We're dressed a little bit nicer than yeah, that. But story. we wanted to give you a little bit of a preview into what you're about to hear because there are some specific things that I think you're really going to enjoy. And this will just give you a little encapsulated version of, of what we talk about in this first part. Yep. So Brad and Lisa um, have been married for 10 years. Uh, when their marriage reached a really critical turning point. They had young kids, and honestly, you'll hear them share, they felt like everything was fine. They had a good marriage. That um, average that marriage. That average marriage, exactly. And what they came to find is there was actually a lot of hurt going on in their relationship that led to... Um, Infidelity, kind of a um, and a really turning point with Jesus. So if you have a, a spouse who is maybe in at a turning point with Jesus and maybe grown up in the church and had a hard time, this podcast is going to be for yeah. you. Um, I feel like it's just going to be for a lot of people in yeah. general. And what we really hope is that it just speaks to your heart and that you get whatever little nugget out of it. So enjoy this conversation with us and Brad and Lisa. Enjoy guys. Welcome to the Restored Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Josh and Jalen Harrell. We are a husband and wife who are passionate about partnering with people to rebuild, restore, and renew their life to the purpose God has for them. In 2018, God took our broken marriage and restored it to something beautiful. And we believe he wants to restore the parts of your life that seem broken too. Join with us as we talk openly, transparently about faith, health, marriage, sexuality, family, and everything in between. This, this is, is Restored, restored Living. living. All right. Welcome back, you guys, to the Restore Living Podcast. We're your host, Josh Jalen, as you just heard in the intro, obviously, so I won't berate that topic. But uh, we are so excited to welcome this week's guest. I know we hinted at it in last week's episode. Um, our good friends, Brad and Lisa Valencia. Uh, we met them over the wonderful world of Instagram. So Instagram's if you think amazing. that social media is just a toxic sludge pile, there actually are amazing <laughs> people there. You just got to search for them. Um, and we feel so grateful that our paths crossed this last year and then just getting to know them over the last few months mm -hmm. and their hearts. I won't dive in too much into that because um, I want you guys to hear it. But uh, we asked them to come on the podcast because we've I've been able to just hear their story of restoration and healing and what God's done in their, their life and in their marriage. And uh, we know that it's going to be powerful for you to hear. And so again, this week, it's going to be a two-parter. So just know there's probably going to be a cliffhanger. It'll be really worth <laughs> we it like though. We like the cliffhangers. We do like the cliffhangers. Um, but before we like dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to give some time for Brad and Lisa, for you guys to just to share a little bit about yourselves and your life and who you guys are and even like you know, about your ministry you, like because you guys are just two incredible people and so I just want our listeners to get a chance to know you a little bit and if you want to just pause this really quick you can go in. follow unrelenting pursuit they are amazing they're on Instagram and they're hilarious and you'll laugh at their real I know they're, they're so real they're so you guys like challenging uh, my real game oh they're so fun yeah. <laughs> anyways go ahead and just let everybody know who you are okay well we're Brad and Lisa Valencia as you said um We've been married for 20 years and we have three kids. They are 17, 
15 and 11, yeah. not to discourage any of you with young children, but it actually can get more scary <laughs> as they get to be. Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, but no, it is awesome. We, we also um, homeschool. We, you know, clearly do unrelenting pursuit as well. And we have, let's see, what do we love to do? We love hiking as yeah. a couple. That's a, the big thing we like to do with our family. And we have been, in ministry what? for quite a oh. while helping couples <laughs> but it's one of those things that we kind of have taken big leap of faith within the last couple of years, couple of years to kind yep. of just really start sharing our story and our heart and so that's kind of where we're at today and you guys yeah. you kind of come from the great state of Tejas correct <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes 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 that's where we're at um i'm originally actually from minnesota Ah, you know? no, I'm from here. I'm no, like, no. <laughs> I can like pull an the accent back out if I need to at any point. So. But yes, we've been in Texas for quite a while. Mm, yeah, I'm excited to just like, you're like a hot skip and a jump away from yeah, us now. Yeah. So. I know, we're, we're, too waiting, far we're waiting, we're going to meet you. You guys are in like West Texas too. So like, you're basically yeah. like, you're really only a state away. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, so but now we're on different time zones, sad days. Yes. We are. I mean, we're actually closer to you guys than we are to a lot of people in Texas. At this yeah, time. <laughs> so true. That's because true. Texas could be its own country. It's I feel so like yes, I never really understood until we were like, oh, our friends live there. And then some other friends live there. I was like, you guys should hang out. They're like, yeah, we live like eight hours yeah, apart. We're, and I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's cool. It's cool. It's not the same. <laughs> Oh man. Not everything is the same in Texas. No. It's just all big. Yeah, right. Big. Right. big in Texas. Big okay. Thing. Well, let's dive into the nitty-gritty. Y'all are gonna love Brad and Lisa because they are just as real oh, and raw real, as real. Josh and I are. <laughs> they love to laugh. Clearly, this is going to be a podcast with joy. But we wanted to just set the stage for this first podcast because their story is really powerful. And so just like with the last guest that we had on the show, I wanted to just make a few things clear. One um, these stories are for you find the nuggets that you need in them for yourself. We are going to talk very candidly about certain topics, including like infidelity and different deals. So if you're listening to this with kids in the car, maybe don't, there's going to be some really great discussion mm -hmm. on this podcast. Um, but please, you know, like listen at your own leisure. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to preface before we start? Um, I would just say for, for some of you, this could have some just like triggering mm -hmm. topics as well. So if that's the case, or if this is something in your own story, like this hits a sore spot for you, or, um, maybe it, it hits something in you that you're not really sure yet. Like don't ignore that, press into that feeling and really start to, um, to dig into that. Cause I do think when, uh, those, those things that come up that, that trigger us or whatever they may be, um, they're an indicator of something in our life that, that needs healing. And that is, uh, that is asking for us to step in and, and God's inviting us to step into those spaces. And so you're going to see how Brad and Lisa have done that in their own lives. Um, but just something to be aware of for yourself. So as we get started, you guys, um, you said you've been married for 20 years, which is amazing. Yeah. We're almost at 10. So you guys have, you've, you've doubled down, but we, <laughs> which is amazing because guys, we already, they have teenage boys. So we're already asking them questions about like, what do we do? <laughs> so, right. so young. Um, but ready for you no, but clearly. you guys were about like our kids were, your kids were little when you guys oh, kind of yeah. went through yeah. all of this. So we'd love to hear just from, from not from, I don't want to be like from the beginning, but like, <laughs> it would love, yeah. take us back to before what yeah. people are seeing right now, because right now they see you smiling right now. They see you, you know, like loving on each other, right. but what was life like before when your kids were little and when things were kind of a mess? 
Mm. When kids are little, <laughs> I mean, marriage is different, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of times we don't really take time to evaluate what that is, the difference. Um, not that it's bad, but there are so many times that you're just in survival mode, right? Because there's everyone needs to survive, <laughs> including yeah. your children. So I think in a lot of ways, we were really in the midst of that. Um, our youngest kind of when everything imploded was nine months old. And um, mm -hmm. so at, at that point, you know, you're just trying to adjust. This is what happens. I talk for the first like three or four minutes, I hand it to Brad and he takes it over from here. So, just so you know, like he always hates no, that. I, I just as, throw the ball As rough as it is though, when they're little, like you I just told my it. oldest, I was like, I would love to have all of you little again for like a day. Yeah. Like totally miss it. There is but, definitely something yeah. about time that helps you to look back at everything fondly and you forget, yeah. you know, all of the torment that's in the middle. Yes. <laughs> God is good right. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why you have multiple kids. You, know? <laughs> yes. you wouldn't have multiple if you didn't forget exactly. the really hard stuff. Exactly. 100% true. Uh, so when we look back, something we always want to emphasize is that we never considered ourselves to have a bad marriage. Have, yeah. mm -hmm. I think that that's a really big myth that people mm -hmm. have about infidelity is that you only experience that if somebody is clearly totally screwed up and your marriage is totally screwed mm -hmm. up Yes, and that's when it happens. Um, and that is the case for some people, but we emphasize that because when we even look back now, we can say that we, we didn't have a bad marriage. There wasn't um, a ton of red flags that were just waving, you know, saying, okay, you know, the, you're headed to destruction. You know, this, um, we were really just kind of going about ordinary life. I mean, there yeah. were things happening in the background that I was not aware of, but I'm really kind of attributing that to the season that we were in. And it was very much not feeling comfortable with my body yet. I was not comfortable with, you know, kind of touch quota out, if you will. Yeah. I had three little kids on me all the time, but we had walked through that a few other times. So I mm -hmm. knew that this was just kind of that season and that we were, you know, I expected us to be able to come through that as we had the other two times um, with ease. So anyways, there was all this stuff kind of happening in the background, but we always want people to know we did have a good marriage before all the, this happened. And yeah, now I throw it over to Brad and make him tell all the, all the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I mean, I like what Lisa said, like our, there was no red flags that we look back on and go like, this is how, this was the start of, you know, our marriage being dissolved or anything like that. But I would say we just had your normal average marriage right mm -hmm. like if someone thinks of marriage like the average marriage you know house two kids you know the you know two cars garage you know the whole like mm -hmm. that's the average marriage like that is a hundred percent what we had and we went to church we grew up in church um but and i had a relationship with christ i mean i do now i'm making it sound like it's past tense it's not past tense but i don't think i had a a, a really like a relationship that could be tested, mm. right? Like I wasn't rooted um, in in my walk with God. I don't feel like I was clearly as I get into the story, but um, um, no. So it was, we were, uh, yeah, we've been married 10 years. I travel a lot for work, uh, not so much anymore, but I used to a lot. And so I was out for work for a while and um I just started making, you know, small, I say, you know, but 
anyway, it's one of those things I always say. Um, but I start making like small compromises, yeah. right? And and they're small compromises for for the way I grew up, right? I grew up in church. You know, there's things that you're not supposed to do. You know, there's a list of no's. Yeah, um, yeah. And <laughs> I could get in a whole thing of that alone, but <laughs> that's a whole upset on that's itself. That's a whole like scarring uh, of the church okay. and all of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, I started making these small compromises. I mean, and and I mean small. Like I would go out to dinner with the people I worked with, and then um, maybe have a drink, right? And then that was it. Then I go back to my hotel room, and that was it. But then as it like the longer I was gone, the more I progressed into making these little compromises that didn't seem like a big deal at the time. Mm. Um, and then I'd stay out longer or I'd have a couple more drinks. Um, and, but then I'd always go back. And then but as I'm like making these compromises, now I start getting back in my hotel room and I'm like, OK, now I'm looking at things I shouldn't be looking at now. Mm. I'm and then. I'm telling little lies to Lisa, you know, I'm so now I'm starting to lie all the time. I'm starting to stay out later. I, you know, I always, you know, kind of attribute like if someone doesn't know what this is like, for me, um, Girl Scout cookies are like my, <laughs> like, like yes. that's my kryptonite. Right? Uh -huh. That and shit. To the previous fat girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm here exactly. for it. So... I love the Samoas or whatever they're called. Oh, those are oh, my no. favorite. Yeah. If anyone tells you that Thin Mints are the best, they are wrong. Like, they're lying. They're Samoas lying. are they, the best. They, they think they like them. Disagree. No, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like if I get, this used to happen all the time. I didn't get any this time, but if I, this year around. <laughs> but if hinting. I get Samoas, right? And I, I'll go and grab like two and then I'll go sit on the couch, right? And I have my two cookies. I'm good. And then all of a sudden I go grab two more. I go grab two more. Next thing you know, the box is gone. Yeah. Gone. And I didn't like, mean to do go. that. <laughs> exactly. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to do that. I feel awful that I've eaten a whole box in like however long it took, but it wasn't. Hour. <laughs> exactly. Maybe less. We're talking hours. Right. Um, and so that's kind of how I, I attribute it. Like I didn't mean to do all the things where I ended up, but I made small compromises and steps towards a goal that I never wanted. Um, but also throughout all this, I didn't have that. And I'll say it, I don't think I was ever really tested in my faith. Mm. And, and you will be tested. Um, it could be different things, but you will be tested. So if you're not doing what you need to be doing, you're going to fail. Uh, so yeah. anyway, as this kept going, um, I still hadn't had like this, you know, the physical, the quote unquote, I don't know. Are we like videotaping this too? We are. Yeah. yeah. So there's, okay, yeah. Cool. So you'll see the, the like air, quotes air quotes if you guys are watching the video. But then I always <laughs> say it at the same, I wasn't sure. <laughs> so, uh. um, you know, I didn't, I didn't do the like physical portion of like cheating. Right. I, I was, that was like the hard line. Like, I'm never going to do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm yeah. fine with this. I'm never going to do that. Like these, I even talking about it. I don't even understand. One, well, it's like the, it's the justifications that we make. Right. 100%. Like I think, 
I mean, I'm, you're saying all this and in my head, I'm just going, that's exactly the same. It's the same thought process. So I hope if you're a listener, if you're listening to this and you are the spouse of someone who um, has, and you can't understand how in the world they would do the things that they did. Or if you are the person you're going, how did I get here? How did mm -hmm. I become this person? Oh. Right. No one, no one, you know, for, to Brad's point, like no one comes into a marriage relationship and they're like, I'm someday going to cheat. Like yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they don't. that desire in mind. And I remember going through this exact same thought pattern that you're describing. So I think hopefully that for, for those who are listening, that helps them see that this is a, it's, it's a, a thought process and mm -hmm. a process of justification that almost every person who walks down this road, not almost, I'm convinced every person who walks down this road 100%. goes through this thought process. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy because it's just like you said, like I didn't roll out of bed one day and go like, all right, this is the day that I'm going to go cheat on my wife. I'm going to walk out on my marriage. Like, you know, this is the day I'm doing it. Yeah. Like it was nothing like that at all. It was just these small little tiny steps in mm. the wrong direction and little compromises. And, you know, and that's why I just still, I think about it now and I'm like, what in the world? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and people were trying to slap me right? Like they're trying to wake me up, trying to get me mm -hmm. out of it. I didn't want to hear any of it. So as this progressed, then, you know, and this is how Satan attacks you hundred percent. Like this is right here. This is what he does. He plays off of your weaknesses, right? Like I'm, I'm still insecure. Like I'm going to definitely, and I lean more towards introvert, even though I speak all the time in front of tons of people. Like I'm definitely we're extroverted mean, introverts, yeah. right? Yes. 100%. Yep. Um, but like I have insecurities, I have, you know, questions about myself, you know, all these things. And so during this time, you know, I would go out and I would stay out later than I should. And all of a sudden I started noticing people take notice of me. Mm. Right. Like yep. other women looking at me, coming up to me, talking to me, you know, all these things. And so then it was just that feeding mm -hmm. of my pride. Um, and that I hundred percent like shoot off on this is I think pride is the overall thing, especially for men that gets them in every situation. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. So men. I want to just touch on one thing really quick. So I was thinking this earlier and then we hit pride and I was like, Oh, we got to talk about this mm -hmm. because if you are the spouse being betrayed in this situation and you think that this is about you, it's not about you. Yeah, like, no. please hear that. Like Brad's not even thinking about Lisa right now. He's thinking no, no. about himself. Yeah. And I think that that is something that, you know, I know when our situation happened, mm -hmm. I was in the beginning when we first started talking about your pornography addiction and right. stuff like that, I, I just took it so upon myself that it was my fault and that I needed to do something different in order yeah. to make it better so that I could fix it. And I love you guys saying this right now because it's so like Brad's problems, Lisa's problems. Yeah. And when we get into a marriage, they kind of like intertwine and start like yeah. being messy, but pride is at the root of all of those things. Oh, and it's 100%. individual pride. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't argue that all the time. I've, I've talked to a ton of people and, you know, I've been asked the question, like what, you know, was there this one thing that made you do all this? And I'm like, no, but also pride, like that yeah. feeding, it was just feeding me. Right. <laughs> And so then it just progressed from there. And um, then finally, yeah, I started like, you know, cheating on my wife 100%. 
and still living like this double life. And but at that point, it's like a little step, right? It doesn't feel like such a big step because oh, everything exactly. else you've already done. Yeah, already exactly. And the that's line. the yeah, and that's what I like to like stress is there was all these little compromises that made everything mm. become normal. Yep. And then there wasn't this big leap. Yeah. To like this, you know, to what ended up happening, right? It was just all these little things. And throughout that whole process, like I was definitely like, maybe I wasn't physically cheating on my wife, but I already started cheating on my wife, you know, like it was already going down that road. Yeah. Um, and this lasted a few months. I'm so I'm horrible with timelines. Like right, horrible, so like, horrible. We were here and then we were right over here. I'm like, yeah. oh, that was like, it was like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Horrible timelines. But um, no, this just kept going on. And it's, I mean, it just, it wasn't the person I was, mm-hmm. right? Um, I pushed everyone else out of the way. If someone would speak life into me, I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, so I, I put like, even my parents, I pushed them out of the way, you know, yeah. Um, anyone I knew in that, you know, Christian circle, I didn't want to hear what they had to say, you mm-hmm. know, because at this point, you know, I had twisted scripture to fit what I wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus says if, and I, I should actually know the scripture by now, but you I know what, we are all for like, <laughs> not being paraphrase it enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, you so, paraphrase it. <laughs> Jesus says that, you know, if you've, if you thought these thoughts, you've already committed them in your heart mm-hmm. and speaking specifically about lust and, and looking at, you know, your neighbor's wife and all that. So I was like, well, I've already done this. So yeah. I might as well, I'm all in. Right. <laughs> And, yeah. and that's kind of the thought process I have behind it. Now that I've grown, I understand that that's not, you know, really not what yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's not exactly what he was saying. But um, no, it just, it, it's, it was just a hard, like I didn't recognize myself anymore. Mm. Um, and, you know, as far as like pride being fed, like work was still good. Um, getting to do some cool stuff, at, you know, doing that, then people noticing me and then mm-hmm. like feeding that, you know, quote unquote, like machismo type of thing, right? Where yep. it's like all the guys that, that I started to embrace, they were like, this is cool. You know, it's just, it's yeah. so, it's so weird to like think like it's so, sometimes it's so hard to tell the test to share my testimony because I'm like, man, that feels like someone that, I don't even know that person yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, and I don't well, I wanna, anyway. Oh, oh I, go ahead. No, you had a thought. You had a thought. Well, I want to hang a little bit on the piece that you touched on with some of the things that you now looking back could see were really underneath the behaviors that you were engaging in, the insecurities about yourself and things like that, because I think that there very much is this. Um, and I noticed the same thing for myself when when you have these core beliefs about yourself um, that you might not even necessarily consciously recognize, but things like I'm not enough, or if I'm not good enough, Mm -hmm. or I'm not, you know, um, manly enough or whatever. I mean, it could be a slew of different things, right? All these different things. I'm not, I'm not enough of a man to do this or that, or whatever it is. Then, like you said, the enemy will come in and he will give you exactly what you think you're looking for, which is, is the adoration of someone else, someone else's affection. Right. And you, you guys talked about, you've been married for 10 years. You had a good marriage. Things were kind of just coasting along, you had kids, you know, so it's very easy for that complacency to set in. And I think that complacency is a breeding ground for the enemy to really start to pull at the things that are 
that we haven't even recognized in ourselves, those areas of lack or inadequacy, because I noticed the same thing for me when I started feeling noticed by someone, when I started feeling like someone saw me in a different way or in a way I wanted to be seen that I had not resolved from years of my life and addiction and Mm. all sorts of different things. Um, it's like the enemy's smart, right? He's not dumb. He knows exactly what he's going for. Um, and he knows exactly what our, our sore spots are. And so I think it's just that piece that you touched on of, of those really being kind of at a, at the root of, of why you started engaging in the things you did. Um, I think it's just so important again, for the person who is maybe finding themselves in this place to not get stuck in the, the shame cycle, because that's not going to promote healing or moving forward, but just settling into the reality of like, there are things that I was trying to meet. We just did an episode last week um, on addiction and, and why we engage in, in these behaviors. And the reality is there is a need that was not being met, but you started to go and seek out something to meet that need in a way that was destructive for you, yeah. for your marriage. And so helping people to separate the, um, the shame out of it and to just face the reality of like, I... I sought out a, a, a need being met in a way that was not okay. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't healthy and good for me or good for my marriage. No, absolutely. I, I also think the big thing now that I understand now that I didn't then is I don't, I think if someone would ask them if I had insecurities, I would have told them no back then. Yeah. And so actually like being self-aware mm-hmm. of, of how you are as a person, because I mean, again, it's just such a, like that time in my life, everything else was great. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't like to get into what I do for a living, but like, that was good. Like there was some great stuff happening there. I had all these different opportunities doing, you know, different quote unquote, like cool guy stuff. Mm-hmm. And my marriage was great. We had three kids, like all these things. Mm. Um, so I never really looked at myself as like, Oh, I'm insecure or, you know, I need, I, you know, I feel like I need this and mm. it, but it was these, you know, not even trying to fit in, but I think just, just like I said, just taking those small little compromises and, and like laying them down, like, mm. okay, I don't hang out with the guys, um, but I'm going to go have a drink with them. Then I'm going to have a couple more. And then, mm-hmm. and then that's, I think the kink in the armor that, that the enemy gets you at. And, you know, and so now I'm questioning a lot of things that I've done. Is it really wrong to do some of these things? Like right mm. back to Eve in the garden, right? Really yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, cause I mean, you could even justify that with like, is it wrong to go and get drinks with friends? Well, yeah. no, but when you start exactly. to, when you start to recognize that that is actually the like gateway, yeah, it's the cue to a yeah. habit that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm that can trigger other things, that's where it takes a turn. And I think you are 100% right. Self-awareness is like the biggest thing that I think nobody talks about when it comes to, um, you know, hurts and hangouts. One in our marriages in general, like, Mm -hmm. right. We get so consumed with just the day-to-day life and our kids and our careers and all this stuff that we stop. And when you get married, I think in general, you just start to look a little bit more at the other person and you start to look. We become spouse aware. Brad, you need to work on this, Lisa. You need to work on this. No, like we can easily see it's the whole plank and spec thing. Like I can see that little thing you're not doing right, but I will not, I'm not aware of the giant gaping, you know, thing in my life that's that's going on. And and Lisa, I know you mentioned, because I want to, I mean, here too, just like, all of this is going on. And you mentioned early on, like you had no 
real idea, right? That this was happening no, while he was no. away. Like what? Cause I know there, there had to be, a, there's always a point where things kind of like start to reach like a, the precipice, right? Like you hit the, you hit the climax of the story and you're like, oh my gosh, where did this like start to kind of all start to really unravel? Cause Brad, it sounds like you were kind of working the double life scenario and yep. you were working out of town. So it's pretty easy to do when you're someone who works out of town and travels to do that. And what was happening with Lisa yeah, on the home, like front. The home front of things? As things I mean, kind of- I, I think it, it's that same thing I talked about a little bit earlier is that even, even when I look back, the justification on my side of things as, you know, I kept justifying too, like, well, you know, we've been apart for a long time and that's why, and we have little kids and that's why. And, you know, just kind of feeling like, there were reasons in my mind as to why I felt like we were a little disconnected or, you know, just feeling that lack of intimacy. I mean, and, but at this point, you know, yeah, we, we, he had been traveling for months at this point and I'd only seen him like once out of, you know, every 30 days, I'd see him, I'd see him a little bit and then he'd be gone for days. And then, so, you know, a lot of that in my mind can be by the fact that we really were apart in physically, but yeah, I mean, eventually really big for me when the text, and it was kind of one of those texts that as a husband, you expect him to respond like, Hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> instead of that, I, I remember he responding to me like, I can't wait to give you a hug. And I was thinking like, huh, that does not sound like something your husband who has not seen you in like 30 days. Is like, yeah. Okay. Like I expected some certain emojis or like yeah, some yeah, reciprocation yeah. Like, maybe I, I like something. Yeah. Exactly. But okay. Uh, but I remember thinking in that moment, like this, this does not seem right. Like mm. his response to me did not seem right. And, you know, God is so faithful to reveal truth. I mean, oh, he yeah. really is. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things, like, I feel like he also gives us the opportunity to tell the truth before he reveals it. I really do feel like if you look, you, you can see the opportunities as you look back. Uh, Really it all kind of came out through a phone bill and an inadvertent text message to me versus someone else. Um, But even when I got that, it was one of those deals where I was standing there and I I was actually visiting my family at the time, which was a God ordained moment because I was with people who loved me and could surround me. But when I got that text message, there was just this moment. I was just like, something is wrong. Like this is, this is not right. Mm -hmm. And I knew something was not right. It was just like everything in me, even though if you had told me that I would face something like this, I am telling you right now, I had so many. And if there are those of you who are listening right now, like so unfortunate for them, that would never happen to us. Okay. Yeah. And I was, Just I'm wait. It <laughs> was me. I mean, that was, that was me. That that's never the caveat that I said it ever was right. We have that. But if, if it ever was that I would be gone so fast, I was not going to be that woman who was going to stick around. And I had all of those things in my head of the once a cheater, always a cheater, da, 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 yeah. da, you know, just all of those things mm-hmm. we don't realize are ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. Pride, but pride, pride, yeah. pride, pride. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yes. And so, um, you know, all of that came out and I, and I just, I want to mention this cause I thought it was such a beautiful thing. So my dad's pastored for years and, you know, he came in at this point, I have these three babies. My mom's got them out of the room, you know, cause I'm having a full meltdown, like literally yeah. on the floor crying, like what is happening as, you know, at this point, 
the the beginning of the truth was coming out because I would say this was layers upon layers of truth yeah. having to be revealed. It right? always is. Yeah. God's mm-hmm. mercy. That is God's mercy. Now isn't that funny? How yeah. like he really does. Like most of us, I think probably if you I had heard everything at once, everything up no, front, you probably would have been gone, right? To, like right? if it was yeah. just one big dump of information, like who you wouldn't handle that hip at that point? Yeah. So even in that piece, it's interesting. I've never thought about like I've always thought, oh man, it just would be so so much better if or like, I know I remember, so many like wives or spouses that will tell me like I just want to know everything and I'm like be careful what you wish oh I, that is such right? a big thing if anyone is listening right now be careful of the questions you yes. ask yes yes yep. of the things you read of the message you can't unhear you it and you, you can't, can't unsee it. it you can't unsee and it. if it's and not going to help your healing Yep. Yes, no. so I, I said everything that you hear, everything that you see, all those things are things and pieces you will have to heal from. So yep. if you're not willing to heal from it, yeah. don't, don't ask for it. it. I mean, yeah. honestly, and it's so hard because I think within us, our desire is we we're so hungry for truth at that mm-hmm. point and wanting to know everything that we're just desperately searching. I mean, I like became like a, you know, an investigator, like yeah. full on in this yeah. stage of my life. Cause I was like, you know, I mean, I learned all sorts of things I never knew about technology, you know, and, but I had to heal from every one of those things that I saw, um, you know, purposefully or inadvertently, I definitely Mm -hmm. did. Uh, So one thing I wanted to say this, that I just think is so beautiful. And my dad didn't even remember he did this, but I remember him pulling me up off of the floor and putting his arms around me. And I have to say that my dad's a former Marine, like Mm -hmm. not a guy that just totally goes into emotion, but he wrapped his arms around me and he just said, we are all so capable of failing. Mm. And he just wrapped his arms around me. And it was such a non-dad, non-Marine way to react in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Because wow. it's just one of those things, like as a dad at that moment, like you want to protect your daughter, mm. you know? And he saw in that moment that even in that moment of total brokenness, he mm. saw uh, how easy it is for us to go wow. down that road yeah. and, and not even realize. Well, I love, I just wow. want to like, but I, I like get like that, that in the field. Yeah, that like, just like hit my gut when you said that because I'm just like, feeling. isn't that that for I I think for me even just like hearing that is so is just like life giving as the, the person who did is what that is. Yeah, who like did fail big, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like it just brings such a like what a what a wisdom in your dad to even say that in that moment. Yeah. Like he wasn't dismissing you. Like he embraced you to address where you were at and to let you know he was with you in the midst of the pain but he also spoke the truth over the situation that like, we're all capable of. We're all this. Yeah. We are and all that this. That is, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's profound. Yeah. It was, it was a, a, something I needed to see in that moment. And I would say that God gave me such, when I look back and when I, I wrote so many journals in that, that year at that time that we were part, just poured out my soul to Jesus. I mean, because this is where the rubber hit the road for me, right? I had always followed Christ, but just as Brad said, this testing period, and we had walked through things, but this was like the kind of testing of when Jesus says he will sustain you. Well, this mm. was, this was, this was my road at this point, yep. this, whether yeah. I was going to trust him to do that. Uh, because I think everything in you at that point in your flesh, mm. uh, man, it is crying out for things <laughs> other than God's way at that time. Yeah. And so, you know, you're having to learn how to navigate, you know, God's way in the middle of all that. And so I really had this, uh, it's hard for me to describe this, except for that in that 
in that tiny fraction of a moment, I felt like this is the closest I would say I ever had to like a vision of just like Brad on his knees. And I just felt this fraction of a second, this immense love that Jesus had for him. It was just like a second. And it, but it was so profound for me because I was just like, I felt this just incredible love for this man that was clearly very broken. And it gave me just enough hope to recognize that there could be a love beyond the brokenness that I saw. Mm. And even though I had no idea what that would entail or (laughs) really truly just, you know, what walking through forgiveness and any of that stuff looked like. And, and for our story, it's different than what a lot of people have when it comes to experiencing infidelity because Brad wanted nothing to do with restoration. So I was just going to ask you to clarify that because I think it's so like when you saw that vision, Brad's like over here. I mean, like I said, was saying earlier, like that was it that like, you know, when I talked about like the nose in the church, right. The yeah. things we don't do Well, I done like the worst of yeah. what you could do. Right. Like that was, that was the worst thing ever. Yeah. I had done that and there was no coming back from it. And so yeah. for me, our marriage was over. Everything's done. Yeah. Um, I, you know, almost to the point of like, you know, sabotaging like myself further. It was like, no, yeah. like there's no option of reconciliation or yeah. restoring our marriage. Like there was no option for that. And there was no getting through to him that there could be either. Like this was like, no, no matter what you said, Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't anything I said, anything I could do. This was like, no, like, and then even no coming back from this, even mm-hmm. with, you know, going back to God, like, I felt like that was like, and it's so weird. Cause again, I grew up in church. Like I knew all the, I know mm. all the Bible stories. I know yeah. all the things. And even in that moment, I was like, well, like, no, I've already made my bed. Like there's no other option. Um, I'm not going back to God. Like there's nothing right. I'm going down this path. Like I've, I'm already gone. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, to even, you know, so as this like fully progressed, I mean, we went through the whole divorce process, mm-hmm. like all of it and, and like allocating things, like yes. planning out time with Everything. kids, the whole thing. The one who actually initiated the divorce process, which I think is always shocking for people too, because uh, at this time, I mean, I was still praying and hoping for reconciliation. I had basically kind of exhausted because I'm the kind of person who is like, oh, okay, like I'm going to try everything to make this better. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm going to try everything to make it okay. You know? I can do it in my power. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just, just going to say the right thing or do the right thing. And so yeah. it was really like God teaching me this whole process to almost like, where it was like, are you done yet? Are you done yeah. yet? Like, are yeah. you done yet? Are you going to take your fingers off? Are you, are you really going to let me have this? Because it was gut-wrenching. I mean, man, when you have to pry your fingers off of something like that, it, yes. God had to peel one finger at a time. Like that's how clenched my fists were on this. And he had to teach me how to obey him when I didn't feel like I wanted to obey him. Things things we laugh about. There's things that I did during this time that I was like, this is really going to be a spiritual moment for Brad. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was really one of those where God was teaching me, are you going to obey me? Are you going to obey me when it doesn't make any sense when it's not fair, when it's not right, all this stuff, will you just bake the man, the cake, you know? And I'm like, you know, and, and me struggling through what that looked like as far as, you know, wrestling through anger and frustration and not being fair and not being right. 
feeling myself go going towards bitterness, right? Because that's so easy to go, to go towards bitterness. I always mention this book because um, it had a really big impact on me. I was reading the bait of Satan by John Bevere during mm-hmm. this time. And it talked about how tools of the enemy are discouragement and bitterness. And I was no. sitting there reading that book and going, I knew I was at that crossroads. Yeah. And so in that moment, it was one of those deals of recognizing like, no matter what happened with my marriage, I did not want to become a bitter or discouraged woman. Mm. So at that point in my life, and I think for anyone listening to this, because we can never promise you reconciliation Mm -hmm. in your marriage, right? We can promise you reconciliation with Jesus, but we can never promise it in your marriage. But what you do in broken moments does determine the course of your life with Mm -hmm. or without your spouse. So in that moment, I had the opportunity to say, I'm either going to be a bitter and discouraged woman, or I'm going to be a forgiving and free woman, regardless of my marriage. And I think both Brad and I had to face crossroads and this was mine. That was a a really big deal for me to have to. Oh, I just like, and and Josh knew I was going to say something (laughs) on that. Cause I do think, you know, this process of restoration and marriage happens here. Not just here. And it it has to happen here first (laughs) before it happens here second. And I think that that is so powerful. And I'm so glad we're like just eking onto the 30 minutes because this is where we're going to cliffhang it, um, where you guys don't know what's going to well, happen. Wait, you, you have to let Brad give his. Well, oh, oh yes. I do. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then, yes. I will. Yeah, I will. Your, Brad, you your, go for it. Your crossroads that you had. Yeah. Cause Lisa, oh, you reached okay. yours. Oh, yes. Like... This is true. Yeah. My pregnancy brain is, is forgetting. <laughs> yeah. So Brad, what was your, cause you guys got, you guys got, I mean, you said you went through the whole divorce process, the whole divorce you guys process. time yes. allocated and everything. And, mm-hmm. and Lisa, you said this before, I think when we've talked before, but you guys were within like hours, right. Of yeah. Yeah, we were. your divorce. I didn't know any of that. I mean, I knew we were, you know, along in it, but I had no idea. Cause at that point we were just waiting, like everything had been done. We were yeah. just waiting basically for the phone call saying all the papers had been drawn up with everything that we had agreed upon. And right. we were just waiting for that, for that phone call is what we were. Yeah. <laughs> so my crossroad experience to me, um, it's, it's definitely more of a road to Damascus experience. Yes. Where yeah. Like, yes. Here's your choice. Right. And I was, I was coming back from another just, you know, weekend of, doing whatever I want to do. Um, you know, that was it. Like that was just my weekends. Now. And I was driving back. And um, I mean, the only way I could describe it is like that road to Damascus, where it was just all of a sudden, because I wasn't thinking about God, I wasn't praying, I wasn't yeah. listening to mm. Christian music, like, you weren't looking for him at all. Nothing. Yeah, he just and, shows uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> and he showed up. And I just felt, I mean, it was the, I always say it's the loudest thing I ever heard, but it wasn't audible. You know, yeah. there was no donkey talking to me or like this big <laughs> light that blinded me. No burning the, bush. No burning bush. Yeah. But it was so loud. And God's like, here's your choice. You can keep going down the road you're going and it's going to lead to death. And I mean, sin leads to death, but it was like this urgency like this sense of urgency where it was like, Hey, it's right around the corner. Like if yeah. you keep going down this road or turn back to me and it mm-hmm. wasn't turn back to me and your marriage is going to be great. Turn yeah. back to me and all these things are going to go away. No, it was just simply like, or turn back to me. Mm. Um, and so I remember like I pulled over the side of the road, I was bawling. And um, the only thing I knew to do 
um, you know, cause I was like, I'm not going to reach out to my parents. Like I've already yeah, like, yeah. you know, shun them away, you know, all these things yeah. in my head. So the first thing I knew to do was just to reach to Lisa, uh, reach out to Lisa. And then again, it was so weird. Cause it was like, I didn't know, okay, God, I want to choose you, but I'm not sure how to do this kind of deal. Yeah. And so I was just running back to what I knew as far as like where I stepped away. Mm -hmm. And so I called Lisa and I was like, is there any way that we could work this out? Like I had no clue if it was even possible. Cause I mean, like I was, it we was were, hopeless. Yeah. it was hopeless. Our marriage was hopeless. Yeah. I mean, from every, from every standpoint, from anyone looking from every single aspect, we were yeah. in a completely hopeless place. And yeah. so, I mean, it, and that end. was like the beginning of the hard part. That was the hard part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the beginning of the long roads to reconcile in our marriage. That was the beginning of the long road of me understanding my relationship with Christ and mm -hmm. what I needed to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and one hour was, after he made that phone call to me, our lawyer called and said, the papers are ready. They just need to be signed by the judge. It's and just so, so it, wild it to me. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I, that part, I mean, when you shared that part with us, I remember it just struck me so much because like you said, God is just so the way he does things, the way yeah. he orchestrates things, the yep. way that he, it's, it, it's so hard to trust his timing and things. And it's so hard to trust that he is doing things. He is, he is, he is orchestrating things exactly the way that he intends to. Mm -hmm. And he is always at work, right? Like you, at that point, it was like, there is no chance Brad is coming yeah. back. Like, yeah, no, it was no. done. It was, well, like, and it was all in his strength, not your own. Yeah, and I you think let that, your, that he, 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 you took the hands off. Yeah. Right? You, you surrender yeah. and, and God does it. And, and he, like we talk about yeah. rebuild, restore, renew, mm -hmm. and how the rebuilding process is the process that you go through. The restoring is the process that God does. And the renewing is the aftermath of you yeah. and God working together yeah. to build this amazing thing that he didn't really need mm. you for. He just, I, I, so I, say, I always laugh. Cause I say, I feel like sometimes God was like, I'm going to let that get as bad as it can get. So Lisa could never take any credit. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. So with that, we're going to pause yes, here. I know. And... I was like, but what no. next? What happened? <laughs> well, we are next week. Yeah. So we hope you come back and join us. Um, we've really enjoyed this conversation so far. And I love Brad and Lisa's story. Mm. It's always so powerful. So can you guys just share with them? where to find you guys on Instagram and your handle and all, all of that. You. Yes. That's yeah. All. You can find us on Instagram at unrelenting pursuit underscore, um, on any other social media platform, it's just unrelenting pursuit. You can find our podcast just by searching unrelenting pursuit anywhere you listen. Oh, to wow, we didn't mention yes. that yet. They yeah, have an you awesome guys are podcast, so great at this. <laughs> been doing this for a long time. <laughs> so, um, so definitely go give it a listen. Cause they've got some amazing, just the ones they do themselves, some amazing guests that they have brought on as mm -hmm. well. I'm um, just in an incredible ministry that's, that's growing on there. Too, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. Yes, yes. So, um, so with that, guys, we're going to wrap up this episode, but thank you again for listening to the Restore Living Podcast. If uh, if this has encouraged you in any way or just spoke to your heart in any way, we just ask that you pay it forward and share it with someone. Maybe you know someone going through a rough season in their marriage and they need to see that they're not the only story yeah. and that there actually is hope for restoration and reconciliation. Um, not just in their marriage, but in, in their relationship yeah. with the Lord. And so we just ask that you share this with them um, because that's why we do what we do is to, is to share the message of hope of Jesus with people. And we're excited to welcome you guys back 
next week for part two of Brian Lisa's story as they dive into just the journey of reconciliation and restoration and what God's done since then. So until then, uh, take care and we'll see you guys soon. Keep living restored. Bye guys.